Welcome to Changeable. This is a bonus holiday episode, having a brand new experience of the holidays and every other day. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, surprise. Welcome back to Changeable. This is a non-scheduled episode that I wanted to put out. What it is really is a recording of a webinar that I did earlier this week about um, having a really different experience of the holidays. Now, I created a course around this a couple years ago, updated it for the last couple years. If you've seen that course, uh, I'd still really recommend listening to this because it's fresh and it's new and it's a little updated take on a lot of that. But, you know, really, really what I'm kind of talking about is just seeing so many people struggle around the holidays for a variety of of quote-unquote reasons, right? Habits come up, people-pleasing comes up, expectations come up, stress, pressure, feelings, so many feelings from overwhelm and stress to really grief and sadness and loneliness that shows up a lot around this time of year to happiness and and what I'm hearing so much in the last couple years in particular is guilt, you know, guilt for being happy if you feel happy uh, because not everyone is, you know, and all of those feelings are the exact same. They're all energy with a a story being told and and the story is always changing and the story is just a mind trying to make sense of of the way life is, is expressing itself. But to get a little deeper look into this, rather than staying up on the surface and saying, oh, yep, it's the holidays and the holidays are stressful and I always eat too much and I always spend too much and this is just what we do and this is just how I feel and this is how it should go. That's what the computer wants to spit out. It's easy. It's very accessible. It's right there on top. But that's not real. Like it's a real experience when we're living in that, but there's so much more available in in every single moment of life. Holidays, holidays are made up. Time is made up. Space is made up. Now we we tend to live within that those made up constructs for sure. And, and that's wonderful. We don't have to step outside of those really. But just to see and remember that they're made up starts to change so, so much. When all that old conditioning shows up and the old memories and the old patterns to just have little moments of seeing it for what it is can change so much. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation. I, I really kind of loved doing it. Um, I answer some questions that people shared toward the end. Um, but anyway, I hope it's helpful for whatever it is. And again, keep in mind, this has nothing to do with holidays really because <laughs> holidays are are just a concept that a mind makes up. Um Everything here applies to every day. So thank you for listening. I do hope that you have uh, whatever kind of holiday season you have and that you, you're you able to just be with life as it's showing up and notice the way our, our, our mind will want to say it's right or wrong or should or shouldn't be this way. And maybe even just once or twice, you kind of just see that for what it is, you know, and just kind of smile at it. It's okay, mind. I know what kind of holidays you wanted to have and and here's what is and 
and when we just fall into what is, can't be all that bad. Hey everyone, welcome to the holiday event, a brand new experience of the holidays. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm trying to just see how I'm going to see your comments and questions because I don't see them right now, but I'm going to figure it out. So um, I do want to have this as interactive as you want it to be. So I'm going to share a little bit about uh, what feels important to me right now and and what I see as as just being really helpful for people, um, especially around the holiday season. But of course, the holiday season, as I'll talk about in a minute, is no different than any other day, really. So everything that I'm always sharing is um, universal and timeless. Uh, so I really hope it's helpful. But I do want to talk about some specific things that I know uh, come up for people, especially around this time of year. And uh, I've received quite a few questions. And again, just every year doing this work, it tends to be some consistent things. And and me too, I've dealt with them myself, especially around this time of year. So, um, so I'll speak to some of that. So Again, if you are joining, thank you. If you have questions, if there's anything you'd like me to speak to specifically that you're dealing with, um, go ahead and just put it in the comments and I'll, I'll uh, find a way to find those as I get through this a little bit. So um, some of the things that, that I hear a lot about, especially this time of year, are things like um, stress, pressure, um, expectations, huge assumptions, a lot of stuff around emotion and feelings and, and dealing with them in general, which I'm, I really want to talk a lot about emotions and feelings because I think they underlie everything. So people feeling everything from, again, stressed and pressured and overwhelmed to lonely and wishing they had more stress and pressure because it would mean there was more going on. So it can be a super lonely time of year, a sad time of year. Um, it can be a really happy time of year. And it can also be a time of year when it, when it doesn't feel okay to be happy. And I spoke to that yesterday on to an Ask Amy question about that. Someone whose family member was just really struggling with a lot of stuff and she didn't feel right being happy. And I think that comes up a lot around this time of year because we do know people who aren't, you know, who are having a tough time. Um, and I think that's been a big part of our lives in the last couple years in general with, with so many health issues and things happening in the world. Um, so all of that, you know, all of the stress and the pressure and the expectations and uh, the feelings and dealing with all the feelings and then the behavioral stuff that comes up. And I, I put that last because it comes up because of everything I just mentioned. So when stress and pressure and overwhelm and expectations and all of that look real, when emotions feel like something we, we don't want to feel or we shouldn't be feeling, that's when the other stuff comes in to, to help us. You know, that's when the overing habits come in, the overeating, overdrinking, overspending, um, a lot of overing right now around this time in general. And, and it's just good to see that in a brand new way, in a deeper way, and to really see kind of what's going on there. Because it's very easy for anyone to say, oh, well, this is just what happens at the holidays. This is just what you do. You know, you just eat all the cookies and you just, 
you just spend a ton of money that you don't have. And this is just what happens. And of course, that there is no just what happens. That, that's a concept. It's an idea that doesn't, that's not true. So look for yourselves. We can all look for ourselves. There is never a, oh, this is just how it goes. This is just what happens this time of year or any time of year. That's a thought. And it's a thought that I think is it's really easy to, to miss. So, you know, the whole idea of the holidays and the holiday season and all of that, I think it's fascinating, really fascinating to take a look and see that that truly is a thought too. So how do you know it's the holidays? How do you know it's that time of year? How do you know that there's a lot coming up or even a lot to do? We only know that from from a mind jumping into its linear timeline, going to a calendar, telling us what the, the number says on that calendar, coming back, filling in a ton of details of here's how it goes and here's what I need and here's what I should and here's how it's supposed to. And then we live in that as if it's real. You know, we all do. We all do. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, it's, it's no uh, problem or accident that our mind jumps into conceptualized ideas and time and space and dates and brings that back with all kinds of attached meaning and, and to-do lists as if that's meaningful. I mean, this is just what it means to be a human being with a brain. And, and we can see that that's happening and see that, yes, that's one, I don't know, that's kind of one, one realm of, of human life, if you want. Like when we live in these concepts and we live in a time and space reality and it is a bunch of concepts and it is a time and space reality. And, and no matter what that arbitrary number on the calendar says or, or date on the calendar or time on the clock or how many things are on your to-do list, we're still just here being lived moment by moment by moment. That never changes. That that fact doesn't care at all what day of the year it is. It doesn't know what day of the year it is. It couldn't matter less. Life is, is living us, is moving through us, bringing new thought to life, bringing action to life, walking us around in this world, interacting us with other people, breathing our lungs, digesting our lunch. Life is doing this through us, for us, all the time. And in fact, it's not really doing it through us, for us, because us is, is part of that thought concept world as well. So it's more accurate to say life is just happening. It's just happening all the time. And we have this ability, we as human beings, and this is, as my friend Pierce said yesterday, species specific. We as human beings, not, not we as life, we as, as this specific shape that life is taking as a human being with a calculating brain, we have the ability to have a whole conversation about how life is living us, about what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening, how we're supposed to feel this time of year, what we need to get done. It's a constant conversation that's unfolding all the time in all of our heads. 
And separate from that, we're just being lived. Life is just loving us and things are happening. I think every little bit of worry and struggle and stress and for sure insecurity and things like that come from listening only to the narration and losing sight of the fact that life is living us. No, life's going to live us no matter what, no matter how depressed or anxious or frustrated or overwhelmed you are, life is still living you. You are still not responsible for, for thinking the next thought or taking the next action or making sure that your breakfast gets fully digested. None of that is on your plate. None of that is your responsibility. It happens naturally by life all the time. And there's this conversation about it, you know, that's always happening. And, and it seems like what happens is, is the mind goes out and sees, oh, it's this month and these things need to happen. And then all the conditioning just rushes to the surface, you know, so much conditioning. And when I say conditioning, I mean, just memories, even so many memories, so much societal stuff of here's what you do and here's how you're supposed to feel stuff we're not even aware that we feel we are so impacted every single day by something we learned from a movie or you know some something that we heard in a christmas carol that says you're supposed to be happy on christmas or something who the heck knows all i know is that's not you that's not your stuff that's not it's not personal to us you know it's not deep and essential and true to us. It's a, it's a conditioned mind telling us how things are supposed to be. And again, I'll pause and say this throughout because it just feels really important. This has nothing to do with the holidays. So our, our life doesn't work differently depending on what month it is. Again, what month it is, life doesn't even know or care. A month is a made up concept by a brain. The, the bunnies and birds and trees outside don't have any clue that it's almost Christmas. So all of this is universal. You know, our specific worries and concerns and, and habits and all of that feel very personal. They do. They feel very specific to us. They feel very serious. But they couldn't be less personal, really. We have this design that allows each of us to experience life coming up and being brought to life. And we have a brain that makes it all about us and tells us meaningful, meaningful story about how it all relates to us in our lives. And that's just what a mind does. That's just what a brain does. That doesn't mean it's truly personal. So I think it's, I think it's really big to kind of start there, maybe too big, but lean into this and see, wow, this whole holiday thing. Yes, it's my experience too. It's your experience. Great. Yes, the, the cookies aren't going to bake themselves and the gifts aren't going to buy themselves. Fine. But let's not forget that all of that is psychology. All of that is a conditioned mind, you know, that says, here's what's supposed to happen and here's how it should feel and here's how it should go. And there's a whole life unfolding 
and truly coming to life as it is perfectly in every single moment that has nothing to do with, uh, with all that, all that narration. And the reason this is so important to, to see is because our, our mind is never going to stop talking. Thought, most likely not for very long, is not going to stop. We probably wouldn't really want it to. But seeing it for what it is changes everything. So having the memories come up, having the sadness come up, if that's what comes up around this time of year, or the overwhelm, or the anxiety, or whatever shows up, anything that shows up, you are not doing it. It does not mean something about you. It is life expressing itself in the most perfect way possible. And the only time we suffer is when we think it means something about us. When we are so hooked into that moving and changing, coming and going experience that we think, oh, this is me and it's mine and it shouldn't be this way. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. It's going to feel like resistance. It's going to feel like something is wrong. And our mind is going to, that, that energy, the resistance and that pushing against energy, we feel it physically as sensation. We just feel it as energy and sensation. But a mind won't let energy and sensation just be there. It's got to tell a story about it. So it tells a story, usually about us, because that's our mind's favorite topic. Tells a story about us and what's wrong and how it should be and where we're failing and all of that. And just just by us being able to see that that's happening, having a little peek behind the curtain to see that, oh, this is how it goes. There are these waves of energy and then a mind scrambling to tell a meaningful story about that. But the story is not true. It's a very real experience, but it's not a, it's not telling the truth. It's a, it's a mind, almost 8 billion of them telling different versions of, of truth <laughs> all the time. And that truth that feels so real and true changes moment by moment, you know? So we get to live in the experience of this. We are, we are the living experience of this. And there gets to be some insight into the fact that this isn't about me. It's not about you. It's not about what needs to be done this week or what it's all going to mean if things don't go well or someone's disappointed. It's not truly ever, ever about any of that. So expectations are a huge thing, you know, and what's an expectation? It's just a thought. It's just a mind saying, I know how it should go. And why, here's an interesting thing to look at. Why would a mind, why would, why would thought even say how things should go? Why would my mind or my brain or your mind or your brain even have an agenda for how things go? Well, it does because to a mind and a brain and all of this me, me, me thinking, it's just got to find something to call home. It's just got to find that certainty. It just wants to tell us for just evolutionary survival reasons. It wants to tell us how it's going to go and what's likely to happen and what it all means. So it's your brain working absolutely perfectly. It's thought arising absolutely perfectly. We just misunderstand it. We have just been so conditioned to listen to thought and pay attention to moving, changing experience and not just pay attention to it, but hook into it as if that's who we are. 
as if that's all there is. It's like watching a show, watching a movie so close up and you're like there with the characters doing every single thing they do, making every move they make. You start to lose yourself in that. And that's what we all, all of us, it's not a personal thing. Again, this is just a function of how our conditioning and our brain works. Like we've, that's happened with experience. Experience is big and it's always moving and it's always changing and it's so dramatic and it sucks us in. And we, we very quickly forget that there's more to life beyond just this play, this thing that's playing out. And when I say playing out, it's playing out in my experience and it's, a, it's just playing out, period. But we're all having experience of this, right? There's, there's 8 billion different rotating experiences of life doing what life does all the time. And all 8 billion of those is saying, it's my experience. It's my life. This is all happening to me. And man, if that won't suck you in, of course it will. Of course it will. So a mind and a brain in doing its job super well is it's just got you at the center of its little universe and it's spinning everything to be about you and to keep you okay and to keep you safe. And, and along the way throughout your life, it's come up with a lot of ideas about that about what we need to be okay, about what it means when certain things happen or don't happen, about what feelings are okay and which feelings aren't okay, which are safe and which aren't safe. That's nothing but a mind just thinking stuff up, you know, like just trying to help us and protect us and lay out this agenda for our lives. But to see, you know, before the age of one and a half, that wasn't there. We just woke up and every day was Christmas. It didn't matter, right? All kinds of stuff happened. All kinds of emotion showed up. It didn't matter. It didn't mean anything about us because there wasn't even an us yet. We didn't, there was no ability for a brain to tell this story. So that's why we look and we're like, man, wow, look at these kids. Look how, how light and fun and easy it is for them. Well, it's the same for us. It's just that we now have this overlay of meaning. And the meaning all revolves back to this character called me. And it starts to get very heavy and very serious. It's really heavy being a person, <laughs> being a me, you know, because our mind is never satisfied. It's always, always looking for how can I make my me character even better? And maybe you recognize that in your life. I know I certainly do from most of my life was consciously or unconsciously searching for how, what can I secure? How can I improve this me? And why improve it? Why secure anything? Well, because it was not good enough as it was. I mean, it looks like and feels like our survival is at stake. So there is constantly a plan hatching, multiple plans hatching in our mind to to get more, secure more, be more, do more. And it's exhausting. And it is it is not winnable whatsoever. We will never ever feel truly deeply satisfied or fulfilled in our minds. Really sit with that. Whatever it is that that you think you want great. You might enjoy the heck out of it for a few minutes. 
it's, it has nothing to do with feeling deeply whole or secure or fulfilled or at peace. It can't. It, it's like two different, completely different realms, completely different universes. This can't do anything over here. Wholeness and fulfillment and peace of mind, they're there right this second, right this second, and every second of your entire life, always, no exceptions. And then there's an overlay of a conversation that says, I need more. I hope it's okay. I hope everyone's happy. Uh Oh, they're not happy. I'm not happy. I'm not good enough. That's what we live within. That's what I mean about us getting sucked into this, this thought created like this movie, basically playing out in our heads. We get so sucked into that. And it's saying, oh, just like any good movie. Oh, no, there's a problem. But don't worry, there's a solution. And now we're just on that hamster wheel, you know, and I, I guess this is coming up now because, gosh, what what time does this happen more than at the holidays? It just it just looks like there's a constant checklist. There's a constant if this then that. You know, if this goes wrong then that, and it and it's like just constant. And and again, I just really want to stress this. It's beautiful. It's your brain trying to help you. It's mine trying to help you, but you don't have to believe it. And we all really, really need to know that it is not going to give us what it promises to give us. It literally can't. It is completely impossible. So when we notice an expectation, for example, for how something should go or how something should feel, There are no expectations in life. An expectation has to come from a mind, right? That's why they change all the time. It has to just be thought showing up and then falling away. That's why they're constantly changing and adjusting and looking really important and then maybe looking a little bit important. And that's why mine are completely different from yours because I don't have them and you don't have them. They're just thought showing up, thought arising that says, here's how things should be. And there's going to be tension there every single time, but it's okay because the tension is just showing us, oh, there's a made up thought here. There's a made up concept here that's being taken as truth. So we get to start to see that. I think of so many holidays and, uh, yeah, holidays, birthdays, everything throughout my life, um, especially a little further back that we're just, it's just this constant roller coaster of like excitement and ooh, and it's going to be great. And then the expectations being built in. And of course, if it's going to be great, there's a, there's a checklist of things that have to happen so that it can be great. And then there's a bunch of meaning in there of what it will mean if it's great and what it will mean if it's not great. And then, gosh, you're just living in this straitjacket of so much thought. And I, I just think of like year after year after year, just this disappointment <laughs> of like, what the heck? Like, why? Why can't it just be, and I wouldn't have said this in the moment, but why can't it just be like it looks like in the movies, you know, or like it looks like their holidays look wonderful. Look at their Instagram. Like their holidays look wonderful. Look at their holiday card. Why don't I feel like that? And we just can't. That's not, 
we can't keep trying harder to get to something that we think is going to give us something that it can't give us. If you're feeling disappointed or like just exhausted from the constant search, and again, not talking about only Christmas time, right? Anytime. That's beautiful. Let your exhaustion wash over you and exhaust you completely from this constant search that we're never going to get to the end of. Finally, at that point, maybe it gets to be seen like, oh, wow, yeah, that's not it. So now looking back, I see just layer upon layer upon layer of story and thought that was so identified with and looked so true and so real. And there's no way to live up to that. I mean, it was a, it was a losing game from the beginning. You know, feelings, I think, emotions, so, so big uh, and so misunderstood and such a huge part of this time of year for many people. Again, it's no different really, but when our mind says it is different and it should be different and it should feel a certain way, then of course, there's just so much room for, for judgment of what's showing up and taking personally what's showing up. And all of that leads us to do something to change what's showing up. And that always leads us in a very unhelpful direction. Always. It, 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 it can't do anything different. So, so experience, thoughts, feelings, all of it, amazing, natural, perfect, completely impersonal. What you think or feel cannot possibly have anything to do with you. Only your mind can say it does because only you exist in your own mind. Do you see that? Like a brain is what says, oh, you're a you and here's how your life should go and here's what you're feeling and here's what you like and what you don't like. So all of that just happens within each of us in, in a mind, in a brain all the time. And that's the only place it happens. There is... It's not anywhere else. So everything that's showing up is just life expressing itself. And it's perfect. It's just life living us. It's just what's happening. And it's so unbelievably in motion. So unbelievably like just flowing at a nice clip. When we just see, like it's flowing at a nice clip anyway, but but what happens, you know, is we we start to think it should be different. Then we step in and try to change it or we do something to numb from it or or distance from it or not feel it or to distract from it. And now we're in there and now it's just now we're disappointed and now our, our efforts aren't working. And now all of this stuff is being added. And this poor little emotion that started the whole thing is like, oh, I'm gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you can just feel a little sad. Or you can feel a little sad and you can jump on top of it and try to beat it into submission and try to turn sad into happy and then find yourself hours, days, who knows what later, still beating to death this poor little sad feeling that would have just come and gone. It's not about what we do or how we treat emotion. It's a, it, it, this all just lives us perfectly. It's just about what we see. Our experience is down to what we see about it. When you see that it can't possibly be a problem, 
when you see that it's so in motion and it means nothing about a you, you, you wouldn't do anything. You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't, you wouldn't try to change your feeling any more than you try to get it to stop raining. Just wouldn't make any sense. So again, everything, everything here, I mean, this is why this work that I share is so powerful. I don't, I don't like that word. It's just so profound and so deep because it's, it's so natural. It's why it resonates with people so much. Even when your mind can't make sense at all of what's being said, even when you cannot explain what you heard on this little Facebook live to anybody else in your life, because you just can't even compute and put the words together. That's fine. I can barely explain it. And I try to do this all the time. It's fine. That means nothing. But if there's something that you kind of feel in this, you know, something that kind of feels a little lighter, a little bit more like relief or like, I don't know, just different. It's because it's so natural and we know this already. And we've all just become so identified with thought and action and behavior. And most of all with me, with a me that's doing all this and a me that has a lot to lose and a me that's very fragile. And there's a lot at stake and for me in my life. And all that does is keep us really hooked into what our mind says it can do. It can help with that. It's like, oh, you have a problem? I have a solution for that. If you truly feel like you are very fragile and or, you know, if you just feel like, hey, life is very fragile and, and I need security and I need happiness and you have a little machine in your head constantly telling you, I have a solution for that. I have a solution for that. Listen to me. I'll fix that for you. Of course, you're going to be listening to that all the time. But when we kind of see that that's how it's going and that's just how it's playing out and truly emotion is not as it appears. Emotion is we feel this sensation, we feel some energy moving through us, and then it's a mind in here trying to give it a story, trying to tell a story about it, give it some meaning, give it some some backstory, you know, predict how long it's going to be there and why it's there and what it could fix to make it go away. None of that is necessary. And all of that is what leads to our suffering because resistance is suffering. And, and when our mind's in here telling stories about stuff, it just feels like resistance. Again, that's what kids don't do. So kids don't suffer the way that we suffer. They feel stuff. They feel lots of emotion. They don't sit in suffering because there's not a me and a brain making it about me in their experience yet. That's why the trees, I mean, I don't know, but I'm pretty, pretty confident that the trees and the bunnies and the birds aren't suffering the way that a lot of human adults are suffering simply because there's not that physical ability to go in and tell a story about things, a story that's not even true. So I think it's huge to have an experience like feeling really disappointed, let's say. Say you have a horrible holiday season. Something just does not go the way it was supposed to go. And to to uh, swim in that feeling, what is that feeling really? What is it? You're going to feel some stuff physically. There's going to be some, if we really strip it down, I would call it energy, but even energy is is a concept in a sense. But but you, there's some sensation, something you feel, some sensation or energy that you feel physically. And then 
Notice what else there is. You're going to notice some kind of story. You're going to notice some memories, some explanation, some therefore, this is what this means. Probably some going into the past, probably some predicting the future. Because of this, this is likely to happen. See if you can can be the 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 awareness within which all of that simply has space to just show up. It's just a little story telling itself. It's not about you. It's not about your life. Nothing it's saying it does it can't predict the future. Like there is no <laughs> there is no future. It's the one telling the stories about time and space and future and past. There's something amazing about just feeling that sensation of anything that's coming up, watching a mind bring in pictures and sounds and smells and memories and stories, and knowing that you're bigger than all of it. It's not, you're not this little character that all this is happening to. You are bigger than all of it. It is just, you have nothing to do with it. It is just life showing up. And our mind grabs it and says, mine, about me. That's mine. That's about me. It's not. It's not. It's just life showing up. This is how you can truly, truly have a horrible holiday. And it's like, I just feel some, there's just some stuff here. I just feel stuff. It's just life. It's just life expressing and however it's expressing right now. Without all the story and the meaning, it just, it's not, there's no suffering there. It's not a bad experience. So when we talk about habits, and again, I've mentioned all the overing stuff, right? People say, well, it's just what I do. I go into debt every December and I overeat every December and then I just make up for it in January. And all of that is us living in this mental, really identified innocently with this mental story of time and space and memory and conditioning. And it's just what happens and it's just how life is. You don't have to be identified with that. You can see it. You can feel it. When we just feel a wave of emotion and and we aren't with it in the way I just described. So let's say you just wake up and you just feel grief. You just feel sadness. You feel anxiety. The natural kind of inclination, I shouldn't say natural, but maybe the habitual, normal kind of inclination is there's something felt and then a mind says, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't have time for this. I don't like this. I don't want it. That's resistance. That's suffering. And at the center of all that, again, is me. I don't like this feeling. It's happening to me and I don't want this. That's kind of just what happens in an instant a lot of times. When it isn't that way, when, when there's, there's an ability to kind of let, look into this energy, feel the sensation, notice the vague pictures and stories and memories and see almost how a mind is trying to spin this into a story. Seeing all that and knowing this is just life arising. It's not me. It's not my anxiety. It's not my problem. It's just life arising you have a very, very, very different experience of that exact same emotion. In that place, there's nothing to run from. It's not you or yours. Why would you run from it? It just, it's not threatening and it doesn't feel like suffering. 
when we're not there, when we wake up and we're like, oh no, I feel this and it's not okay. That's what feels so deeply personal and threatening that we need to do something. A mind comes in and says, we're going to do something to get you out of this mess. That's where all of the stuff comes in. That's where we start reaching for more food, more drink, more stuff, more people-pleasing, more making other people happy, more accomplishments, more self-sacrifice to make the perfect holiday, whatever. That's where all of that comes in. A little kid wouldn't do that. What wouldn't even occur to him. It has nothing to do with willpower. It has nothing to do with having a longstanding habit or not. Wouldn't even occur to them because they wouldn't be in a place, in a constricted place where life feels like it's real and it's happening to them. Like this experience feels personal and like it's happening to them. They don't have that. So there just isn't that tightness and that restriction and that heaviness to try to escape from. So when habits and addictions and things and anxiety and all of that is spiking often at this time of year, See if you can see that with fresh eyes. Really see, okay, my, my desire, my pull to go out and bring something in is just to make this energy change, to make my experience change. And that only happens when this experience looks incredibly personal and like it's happening to me and like it's not okay. We can talk about this forever and we can start to see it and make sense of it in theory. And you can, you can get it conceptually and you can kind of say, oh, okay, that is what a mind does. And, you know, this, and that can be very helpful. But it's not at all the same as actually feeling something and, and diving into it the way I just described. Actually let yourself, you don't have to let yourself, you have, you're not in charge of it anyway, but actually feel something. But don't just stay up in the generalized label of it and the resistance of it. Feel it. Go into that energy and watch how a mind tells a story. Totally different experience. Same for, you know, if you do have, because I know if you have a habit, if there's something that, that's coming up consistently, binge eating habit, a drinking habit, if there's memories, which there often are around this time of year of people we've lost or things that, that you feel sadness or grief around, take a second to really examine your experience, the experience that's showing up. Again, we stay at this high level and we think, oh, I'm super sad because I'm remembering, you know, my mom who died or um, I'm super overwhelmed because I keep thinking about everything there is to do or I'm full of urges or cravings or whatever. That's so generalized and, and it's okay. That's what a brain does. It's what our mind does. It generalizes things. It tries to stay efficient and just give us the, the top level, you know, just so we have enough to kind of go on and make it through, through life. But that's not really what we're feeling. It's like, that's the tip of the iceberg. I feel this way. I, let's just use anxiety. I feel anxious. Okay. Or I'm having some bad memories. Okay. That's the tip of the iceberg. Look at that. What do you feel? What, what is your mind showing you? What are the pictures? 
What are the sounds? When we look in this way at how experience is actually playing out, something that looks so, that feels so solid and real and personal, like I'm having bad memories about someone who's not here or I'm full of urges to binge eat or whatever, we really look at that. It's like, well, what is an urge to binge eat? Okay, again, there's some sensation. There's some, I don't know, you feel stuff all over your body, right? And then there's thoughts that come up and there's visual stuff that comes up and there's maybe some sounds or some smells or some memories. But when we really look at those, again, you kind of see, wow, they're not this solid, real thing like they feel in our experience. It, it's it, it's just... It's so hard to describe, but they're just not. And and again, my descriptions don't matter. Look at it yourself. Look at it yourself. I did a podcast about this maybe two months ago uh, where I go into this of like, what is this thought? It has this pull to it, this energy. It has some sensation. It had some colors and some shapes, but it was not the solid story my mind was telling me it was. That's fascinating. That shows you a little peek into the difference between, I don't know, life and our a brain's representation of life. And that's all we live within is our, our own perception. We, all we have is what our brain is giving us. There is so much data out there that our brain completely ignores. If you have a psychedelic experience, you you would see that, right? Like you take this psychedelic and all of a sudden all of this stuff is there that isn't different in the room, right? But it's totally different in your experience. That's happening for all of us all the time in different ways. Our brain is giving us a specific experience and it is picking out a super limited little subset of sensory stuff and then telling a story about it. And we call that reality. So, so that's true with your grief and your depression and your addiction and all of that. So just to see a little bit into that, again, it doesn't mean you're going to, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's enough to recognize I'm just, there's just an experience here that is just the experience that's here. It's not as solid and stable and personal as it feels. Okay, let me go to some questions. I had a few that were shared. Um, oh, great. I can see your questions. Awesome. So I had a few that were shared with me beforehand. Um, and then I'll take any that are showing up fresh and in the moment as well. Okay, let me see what's what's here in my chat. Okay, so the, so there's a question: What's directing that life that's living through us? I don't think I don't think anything's driving. It's just life. Like it's the intelligence behind life. It's the same thing. And this is, again, just how it, this looks to me in this moment. So don't quote me on how life works exactly. But it's like, it's kind of like saying, well, what's directing how that tree grows outside your window? What's directing when the leaves know to fall off? The intelligence that is who and what we are, that is 
it's not even baked into everything, which is what I was going to say. It, it is everything. It is everything. We are life. We are that intelligence expressed in this this form and the form of, of the expression of that life and that intelligence is always changing, just like our physical form and our thoughts and everything. A form is always changing. So I think the the directing of it is is it. It is it is part of it. Um, okay, great question. So so what do you do about concerns that are broad, such as social issues like civil unrest, human rights, or client, climate change? What if you worry about those things? I think most people worry about those things. And I think we just want to keep seeing that worry is its own little universal process. And it really has nothing to do with civil unrest or climate change or what's happening in the world. So there are circumstances, there are things happening, right? We can't ever see those things outside of our own perception. Like, I don't know where, that, and I'm not saying this is, I'm not at all saying these things don't exist. I'm just simply saying that for each of the almost 8 billion of us, we can only experience climate change through our own thoughts about climate change, through our own perception, right? We know this. We can all read the same science and all have 8 billion different experiences. So, so we see, okay, even this is life arising. It's, it's thought arising within us or for us to experience. And, and there's stuff, there's life happening. There's stuff happening with the climate, right? There's stuff happening in the world. And I want to say independently, and I'm just saying this just to paint a picture, just for an illustration, independently, somewhat independently of that, there's a mind over here telling a story. That's what worry is. Worry has nothing to do with what's happening on the planet at all. Nothing at all. Your mind will hate that. <laughs> it will not let you hear that. You know, your mind is like, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be feeling this way if all that stuff wasn't happening or other way around, fix all these problems, you know, and then there won't be anything to worry about. Mm -mm. No, it's just not true. That's what a mind would say, but that's not how it really works. Worry is just thought. It's thought spinning itself in circles. It's a mind saying, what if, what if, what if? And then pretty soon after enough what ifs, you know how you repeat a word enough times and then it just doesn't even sound like a word anymore? That's what happens with worry. Worry is like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, what if this happens? This should be going on. That should be going on. Pretty soon you kind of lose the what if. You lose this, the fact that there's just a process of speculating and thinking and, and projecting and predicting going on. And we're just left in this loop of pictures and scary sounds, and scary ideas, and we're scaring ourselves, and it's just a mind spinning on ideas, and it has nothing to do with what's happening in the world. The storyline might be pulling that storyline in. It's like if it's like if we all decided to act out a play right now, it would have nothing to do with reality. Like we could all act out Hamilton <laughs> and it's not changing history. It's not changing anything that happened. It's just us doing a little reenactment of it. That's what worry is. It's, it's a mind doing a little reenactment and, and talking about things that have nothing to do 
with an actual circumstance. So yeah, there's a lot to worry about and there's also nothing to worry about because life is just doing what life is doing. Now, we, we can care and we can take action and thank God that seems to be part of the design of at least most of <laughs> it's all of our design. But, you know, like there are people who care and who are aware and who are taking action. And that's an amazing thing. And it has nothing to do with worry. Again, worry is like its own little imaginary cycle of repetitive thought. I hope that makes sense. And again, it could be these issues. It could be any issues, anything you're worrying about. It's all, it's all the same. Yeah, I, I, so I hear you. So Tammy says, I remember as a kid thinking the weight of the adults arguing with each other was something I could influence. It felt large and heavy and I tried to be a peacemaker at a very young age. You know, I'm doing a uh, workshop right now um, with some women and it's around the women in this particular workshop have some issues with codependency and people pleasing and that type of thing. And I mean, it, just what you're saying is so so common. It's just a way that a mind picks up on things and interprets things and then tries to solve a problem that looks like a personal problem. So we as little kids, little, little kids feel this heaviness. It's exactly what I'm talking about here as it pertains to anything. We feel this heaviness and then there's a mind that jumps in that tries to come up with a solution to that heaviness. And a three-year-old mind says, I know, I'll just make sure all the adults are happy. <laughs> I'll keep everyone peaceful. And oh my gosh. And then, and then now how heavy is that? And how impossible is that? But that solution to that problem sticks with us. And it doesn't, see, that's the thing. We can see it for what it is. And it doesn't have to weigh us down. It doesn't have to stick with us in a, in a way that, that we're victim to it. But it's, it's a brain that loved you so much that said, oh, you feel heaviness? Don't worry. We'll find the cause and we'll come up with a solution. Every human on earth has a ton of those, a ton of those little strategies that a little kid mind came up with to try to help us not feel. And it just looked like the best we could do, but, but they don't work. <laughs> and then they, cut, they start to limit us and, and weigh us down. Rather than being a solution, they start to feel like more of a problem. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Emma says, so we're all one life force, like the intelligence living, growing in nature. Yes, and our minds personalize the experience, like the ego, it's about me. When actually we're all one and okay, we just need to let emotional energy pass and we don't need to step in and control so we don't actually have habits. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautifully said, Emma. I mean, that's now again, we can kind of hear that as a strategy like, okay, so just let everything flow through and then I'll be fine. Then I won't have habits. And I'm not saying that's how you're saying it at all. I just, I know that's what a mind could do with this, right? A mind can do, okay, so here's how I make it through life, okay? And, but stick with how you said it, Emma. It's beautiful. Like, like it's, just, it's just seeing what's already happening, what's always been. We've always been okay. We've always been okay. 
And we have a mind that, that, like you said, is personalizing everything and trying to secure something simply because that's its job. So in trying to secure your, your separate little life and my separate little life, it just is busy. It's just coming up with all kinds of stuff like, oh, make sure this is done and that's done and here's how you'll be okay. And it's so darn smart. So it's like, when we do have that moment of being a peacemaker and it helps when you're a little kid, man, if your brain doesn't remember that. When we do get that little bit of approval, when we do have that beautiful little holiday moment and then your brain says, yep, that's the ticket to happiness. I'll just do that over and over again. So, you know, that, or, or like you say, with habits, when we do feel horrible and then we eat something or drink something or buy something or make someone happy in our own head and that feels a little better, it's like, it's just a machine. It's just a machine working perfectly the best way it can work. The only way it knows to work, but it's picking up on stuff and coming up with all these strategies and formulas. And, and it, then it just starts to feel really, really heavy. And life has never been that hard. It just isn't that hard. You know, it, it's, it's exactly what Emma said. It's like, it's all just unfolding. And the only time it feels hard and starts to go feel like it's going awry is is when a brain personalizes it and then and then creates a bunch of problems to solve so again we're not going to get rid of our brains <laughs> they're not going to stop they're not going to suddenly just stop doing what they do we wouldn't want them to but we just get to have a deeper awareness of all of this and really see like what if it's all okay However it goes, whatever happens, whatever shows up. Now, what if? I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing to start to feel into and then get curious again about what appears to be at odds to that. What appears to be at odds to it's all okay is my mind saying, yeah, but is it really? <laughs> you spent too much money and you did this and you have that to do and this person's mad at you. And, you know, like we just get more and more attuned to, oh yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I hear you. I hear your mind all about me. Thanks, but no thanks. And and like I said, really getting into that experience of it. Like, oh, I heard this story last year at this time <laughs> or last week or yesterday or 50 times today already it starts to let us into this repetitive, habitual nature of thought. And by seeing that everybody's thoughts work in a similar way, all, all minds do the same things. I think it just goes a really long way of, of helping us kind of back up and not be so sucked in and identified with all the promises and the problems and solutions it's trying to, trying to help us with. Um, so Emma says, so why are we afraid of our feelings of feeling them because of our narration? Yeah, because it, yes, because there's energy. That's just energy. There's feeling that's just feeling sensation. That's just sensation. And then there's a mind that comes in again. And remember, we don't have this when we're little. So this is a thing that the brain does later and like later, but a year and a half into life or so where everything starts to be about you and what should and shouldn't be happening. So exactly. Without that narration, there's, there's no resistance. There's nothing. Now, throughout a life, 
the resistance becomes very habitual quick. It's like conditioned, right? So you feel a little bit of something and bam, there's some resistance, but that's okay. So that, that becomes a habit, but that's okay. It's not like you, it's not like you notice the narration and you can pick it all apart necessarily. But when you feel tension, when any of us feels heaviness, tension, any of that, any sort of suffering, we can know 100% of the time we can know, okay, if I'm suffering, there's a, there's a narration happening and it's all about me. There's my mind making this, a, this life <laughs> a personal about me experience that's wrong. And we just kind of start to see that more and more. Sometimes especially recently, like if I feel some of that heaviness or I don't know, a little worry on the surface or just something just doesn't feel quite right. I, it, it can be such a gift in a sense, like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. So there's a me in here. My mind's really working the me angle. <laughs> it's really saying there's something wrong and you should be doing something different or you missed something or something wasn't good enough. I don't have to even pick out that story. I uh, often, I can't, maybe you can, a lot of sometimes you can, it doesn't really matter. It's like enough to kind of feel that and start to know more and more, more and more quickly. Okay. Yeah. There's a story here. And that's, that's amazing. Like, I think, I don't know, again, I can speak from my experience and from, from a lot of people I've seen in this, that's how that often tends to go. Is it's like you still feel the stuff often, but it's quick. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a story. And sometimes that's it, it, it instantly feels like it lifts. And sometimes it doesn't lift instantly, but that's okay. You know, you still know what's going on. There's no, there's no seeking out there to fix something because you get really clear that out there is not the problem. And that's huge. I mean, that saves a ton of time and energy and a ton of money and a ton of, of uh, a, a lot of benefit to your health and all of that. Because again, when we were seeking out there to fix something, we had to go get someone to tell us it was okay, or we had to go eat or drink something or buy something or, you know, accomplish something. So even just seeing, okay, there's just some attachment. There's a me story. That's how I sounds in my head a lot. I'm here. There's an Amy here that's got a problem. It keeps it where it's at, if that makes sense. Um, okay, so Meredith says, some people in my family have their own anxieties from the ham is dry, <laughs> my mother, to who's taking the family photo. Sometimes people can perceive my non-input as me being indecisive or not caring. Me too. It's not that I don't care. I just feel like everything is fine. Is there a way to explain that to the people around us or no? Oh, Meredith, you are uh, singing my song. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, I have that experience as well. Um and I don't want to make it sound like I'm always a cool cucumber and everybody else is stressed out, but a lot of things just, I just don't care. I just don't think they're that important. And that feels that can be taken by people as what's wrong with you or don't you care or, uh, or that you're like dismissive of it or whatever. But I really hear you, I think, uh, in, in that it just doesn't look that way. So how do you explain it? I don't know, but, I, but I do, I do think um, there's a way in which people kind of start to see, okay, like it, it's not, it's not a dismissive. It's not a, I don't care about your problems. 
when we kind of just come at it as you probably naturally do with warmth and compassion, but not, but that just doesn't look like a problem. I think people feel that. So for example, like in my family, when like my, everybody's ranting and complaining about something and I'm just kind of standing back with a smirk on my face and they're like, don't you care about this? You know, and all that. It's just, you know, it, it's just like, ah, like no judgment on you. We all care about what we care about. It's always changing anyway. It doesn't mean anything about them that they care about it. But no, I don't think it's that big a deal. And I think there's a feeling that comes through in that, that again, it, it doesn't feel judgy and they don't feel judged because you're not coming from judgment. You're just coming from, no, it just doesn't look like that big a deal to me. And then you move on to whatever does feel like a big deal to you or to nothing, you know, and and I think people kind of start to pick up on it. But also look for yourself, because I went through a lot of this, where it felt like a little angsty period of like, oh my gosh, I'm so different from them and and I don't fit in with them because I don't complain about the cable guy and <laughs> the ham being dry and all that kind of stuff the way they do. That I can see now, and I didn't see this at the time, but I can see now that my mind was really going on that. I was afraid of not fitting in or being seen a certain way. And that made it a little angsty for me for a period of time. So that's just something to kind of look out for in case that's there for you too. It's a good question though. Okay, so if there's more questions, feel free to put them in. Uh, yeah, people can relate to that. Put them in the comments. Um, and I'm going to go to a couple that were shared with me. Um, one around, well, there's a couple around people pleasing, which I sort of spoke to. Um, but not really even a specific question. There's, there was a few of them and they all kind of come back to the same basic thing. That's like, help me stop. <laughs> Why do I people please? And I don't want to do it anymore. And it, you know, again, it's sort of like, like what Tammy mentioned about the peacemaker thing. This people pleasing thing is something that is learned. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them. It's something that a mind learns when a mind detects a problem, usually really, really early on in life, and then a mind stumbles upon a solution, I know when they're happy, I'm happy. Oh, this is great. So it's like a mind says, oh no, things aren't okay here. And then solutions are looked for and they're found, temporary solutions, of course, or they're perceived to be found. And then it's like that thing just sticks. So, so and I think most people, if you would call yourself a people pleaser, you kind of have a sense of this, like, yeah, it's not really doing what I think it's doing. You know that you have no control over whether people are happy or not. And that even if you did, it's so exhausting to try that it's not worth it. So it's not that we think it works or that it works well or anything like that. But I think most of the people I work with anyway are on to this enough to see, yeah, this is dumb and I don't want to do it anymore, but I, but I feel such a pull toward it. And that's what I would have you look at. That's like that urge, that pull of any habit where it feels like I have to do this to be okay. And again, this applies to if, if it's a drinking or eating or any of that or people pleasing or any of this or staying quiet or whatever it might be. I have to do this to be okay. You feel that pull sometimes. Go into that pull. It's just sensation in your body. And then there's a story. And that story, really look at the story. Is it words? 
Is it sounds? Is it an old memory from being a little kid? When you look at that story, it is not as solid as it seems. It's like a little mirage. It starts shimmering and it's over here and then it jumps around and then it'll go back as a sensation. Then maybe you hear a different thing. The whole of this experience is so like you put your hand right through it. It's not as it appears, but in our minds, when it's like my people pleasing problem, it feels so solid. So I'd just lean into that and play with it and really play with it. Like, what if you don't please them? What if you don't even try to please them? See what happens. And again, this isn't a behavior, a behavior thing. I'm not saying, you know, change your behavior by doing this thing. It's more about really looking at what's there and what feels like it has such a hold on us. Because when we really look, we, we always see that this is not as it appears. It does not have a hold on me the way it seems to. Um, there was a question around eating around others when they're on more restrictive diets um, and you aren't. So um, I think the question was was around like being with family who maybe they're vegan or vegetarian or whatever, and you're not, and you don't want to be for your own peace of mind that doesn't feel right to you, like navigating all that. And again, this can apply probably to a lot of things. Um, drinking is a big one. How do you, how do you, not drink around people who drink if you don't want to or vice versa or whatever that looks like. And it's all the same. And again, I would just, I would just look at the nature of that experience that's showing up that says you should be eating like they are, or, you know, that there's something wrong. Or if you, if you just do what occurs to you to do, I mean, the the truth is like, it's just too hard to, push and fake and force through life. That's why it doesn't work. So, and that's why it's so painful and why it hurts. It's not supposed to work. It's life is too easy for that. So it's like when we just show up and life is just living us, we'll just do what occurs to us to do. Now your mind might come in and tell all kinds of stories about what they think and what's right and what's wrong. And that's where we start to feel tension. So when you start to feel that tension, that's where you get to see, oh, there's a mind telling a story here. Beyond the mind telling a story, it doesn't matter what we eat ever. It just doesn't matter that much. It never, ever matters that much what a, what a human being eats, unless you're eating poison. I mean, it really just doesn't matter. But man, will a mind tell a story about it mattering? And I, I say that from experience, I think you know. So I'm, I don't mean to dismiss this at all. I lived in terror of a piece of food. And so I get what that feels like. And it is a very compelling illusion. It does not truly matter. None of it does. So it's your opportunity to see that, man, a mind is, is really clinging to a story here. I hope that's helpful. Um. And then a couple, couple more questions that I'll just kind of put into one because they're really sort of similar around, which I really kind of spoke to. This overwhelming thing of just the, the roller coaster of disappointment, of high expectations and then a crash of disappointment. And I really, really remember that as well. And again, for that, I just, just remember, like, the holidays don't exist. It's an idea. It's a concept. With that idea and concept is all kinds of old stuff, like thoughts about how it should be and what people told you and memories and expectations. 
all of that, 100% of it lives in that realm of thought. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And if it's just thought, well, it's coming and going. And again, really look at it. Who says you're supposed to be happy or feel a certain way or be with people or, or, you know, be with certain people or any of that? When we go into like, wow, why do I think that I need to enjoy this conversation or that I, I need to feel a certain way on this day or whatever, you'll notice some fuzzy pictures and memories and stories and smells and sounds and all kinds of things. You'll notice some sensation. That's the experience you're having. It's just that your brain is pulling it into this big story that says, of course, you're supposed to be happy on Christmas. Don't fall for the generalized package, you know, like let's open the open the present, actually see what's in there, not just stop at the outside. Because when we really look, things are so, so different than they appear. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you find yourself weighed down by a bunch of expectations, that's okay. That's just thought. That's just the way life's showing up. Is that a bunch of expectations that feel personal. And if you find yourself really disappointed, that's okay too. That's also how life's showing up. A feeling of disappointment that feels personal, feels like it's about you. And before you know it, that's all going to move. So it's like even the worst case scenario is not that bad. We're going to feel the stuff. It might feel horrible and personal and very, very real and true. And it still changes every single time. All right, let me peek at my comments here. Thank you guys so much for being here um, and and for your questions and comments and for sending your questions too. Um, I really appreciate it. So I hope something in this has been helpful. I do have a bigger course on this if you're ever interested about a brand new experience of the holidays where I just go into more detail about each of these things around the habits and the expectations and the concept of the holidays and all that. Um, I've also created a gift guide for people who want to buy themselves something, I hope, or give a gift that's not like socks or wine, you know, like a meaningful gift. So you could send any of the digital courses I have to anyone on your gift list. We have gift cards. We have the Little School of Big Change is starting in February, and it's all completely new, brand new content, all recorded in a, in a recording studio recently. So everything's updated. So it's a great time to go through that course if you haven't or go back through it. And it's an amazing gift because, again, everything I'm always sharing here, anywhere, the details look specific, the specific worry, the specific habit, but it's so completely universal and just in the business of peace of mind. And peace of mind is so much easier than it seems. It's so available to all of us. And coming off of this little conversation, just for you listening, I mean, just remember, peace of mind is 100% natural. It's sitting there right this minute. It's just we're resisting what's showing up, you know, and when we can really start to see it's not about me and it's not as it appears, everything just gets to just be as it is and it starts to look and feel really different. So that is available to you any day of the year, to me, to anyone out there. So thanks for being here. If you have other questions, feel free to put them in the comments and I'll, I'll write to them on Facebook. Um, and, and yeah, if you're looking for a gift, let me know and I can help you out. And I hope you have a great holiday season, however it is. I hope it's great, even if it's disappointing, <laughs> even if you feel sad, I hope it's great. If you're happy and you, you know, just 
have whatever holiday season and whatever, uh, whatever experience you have. So thanks so much for being here. I'll see you guys soon. Do you want to give a unique, meaningful gift this holiday season? Rather than yet another pair of socks, a candle or bottle of wine, why not give the people in your life a gift that will allow them to experience deep, lasting peace of mind the whole year through? To help you give meaningful gifts this year, I've created Gifts of Change, my 2021 holiday gift guide. It's a list of amazing gift ideas for everyone on your list, from digital courses to books to subscriptions to even gift cards so that your loved ones can choose their own perfect gift. When you purchase any of these gifts, we'll send you a personalized certificate that you can present to the recipient. You can see the Gifts of Change holiday gift guide at dramiejohnson.com slash 2021 gift guide. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.